Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, Dave, and occasionally a special guest here to talk about the club that we love, Tottenham Hotspur. Come on, you Spurs. Let's go. All right, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, and Dave. We are coming to you after the second match of the year, victory over Wolves 1-0. And Mike, let's start with you. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing pretty damn good. Uh, got to watch the match with the uh, with the family, which was nice. Um, you know, uh, it's, 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 it's kind of odd, uh, sometimes when we are, my kids have been gone on vacation with my parents for the past almost week and a half. So, you know, you haven't seen your kids in a while and I feel like, uh, I feel like my son grew two inches and my daughter is now as tall as my wife. So, um, if it's only been a couple of weeks, but it's like, where did the time go? <laughs> I can I can imagine you're get, getting ready to do something like that uh, pretty soon here, Dan. Very true. Very true. That happens. Uh, yeah. Quick update for our, our audience who I know will, will passionately care about this, but uh, taking our <laughs> oldest son back to back to college tomorrow, he has been um, he has been on hiatus at home during the COVID period. So got sent home during the the second part of his freshman year at uh, the university and spent last year in a remote virtual environment and going back in person moving in with some friends in beautiful burlington so yeah that phase of life dropping dropping my kid off and candidly like i remember being that age and moving into the house at that age and and there's a lot of things going through my mind as i think about that Uh, but uh hey steve we'll get to you in a second but a quick question for mike mike i seem to remember you sharing something about your son lucas who we all know um is a passionate lucas guy lucas Moore guy but he's also adopted a new someone new on his favorite player list. Is that correct? Yeah. Mr. Uh, Mr. Ollie skip. That's his uh, new favorite player. Actually. I, I got to, I got to see my boy. I was all by myself for uh, the first half and then I got to see my boy and uh, I ran outside immediately to, to the car. Cause I brought his shirt for him. I brought his uh, away kit for him and he's wearing his, he's wearing his uh, purple kit from two years ago. You know, so uh, I was like, you need to change it into this. And he's like, oh, awesome. And he's like, oh, it says Lucas. I said, yeah, that's your name. <laughs> he goes, I told you I'm a skip guy. Said, yeah, but that was uh, after I ordered this uh, 12 weeks ago. <laughs> exactly right. That's that, that is corporate Spurs fault right there. <laughs> yeah. uh, Mr. Steve, how are you doing, sir? How are things going? Uh, they're going pretty well. You know, I, I just want to uh, point out that, you know, we're all talking about, you know, second game of the year as if we didn't play twice this week alone. <laughs> we're just going to ignore that, uh, that midweek fixture, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Second game of the year was today. As far as, as far as I recall, is that, is that accurate or you have a different recall? Uh, I mean, I've got a nightmare um, that kind of, I don't know. It was like a weird Thursday fugue state where I just, kind of lost all sense just completely just in in some sort of void state i just have no idea what was going on it was very bizarre wasn't on tv Uh, here in america so it didn't happen yeah thank you cbs or paramount or whoever the fuck's running this shit now didn't happen as far as i know it's a single that competition we're playing thursday yeah the friendly at hotspur way as far as i know because that was all that i saw u23s versus Steve, how you doing? Otherwise, saw a nice picture of you and your your little man watching the match today. Uh, got a got a young Spurs fan in the making, correct? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He's been he's been pretty good. Um, he, you know, he doesn't he's he's still too young to really understand what's going on, but he's at the age where he can entertain himself when he gets bored. So as long as he's just not hurting himself, and I can see what he's doing have at it kid as long as i can watch the game i'm i'm good um one of these days he will appreciate it though one of these days he will absolutely let's uh let's get right to it so i was not able to watch any of the alleged match that happened midweek in portugal so steve why don't you just give us your your recap on what you saw when you were able to see actual football being played on on stream uh what, hey, what don't even talk on? to me about this i'm not i'm not gonna answer you so all right so mike's not here uh <laughs> steve do you have any comments on spurs week before the weekend and then we'll talk about an actual match you know i'll i'll keep i'll keep it short and sweet right so it's it's it was rough definitely a rough game um 
you know, at the absolute bare minimum, I think it exposed how God awful our depth is. Um, just nobody really looked like they were up for it. Uh, you know, yet a couple of uh, uh, players who really should have done better. LaCelso should have done better. You know, I can kind of excuse Romero because it's like his first involvement with the squad and he had a bit of a knock and, you know, it was a little all over the place, but man, some of these guys, Cameron Carter Vickers, like if he was on the verge of being sold, that performance has probably made it. So other clubs are like, well, hold on a second. Maybe we don't need a center back that badly. Uh, he did not do himself any favors there. That's for sure. Dardy, I don't think performed particularly well either, uh, which is like, it blows my mind, right? He came from a new mm-hmm. system. He was playing in a wingback role, something that, you know, he's supposed to be comfortable with and he still looked terrible. Um, you know, you kind of have to feel for, for guys like, like Dane Scarlett, who, you know, they, they really wanted to do something. Like you could tell they were trying to make something happen, but the, the opportunities were just so few and far between that it was just, you know, they were on an islands and, you know, for a 17 year old kid, that's really difficult to deal with. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, I, I will say I, I respect Nuno for kind of sticking to his guns and saying, you know, I'm going to play these, these young guys, that's, who's going to be responsible for this. And like, cause you think back to Mourinho or, or, and even Pochettino at times, um, you know, they would play some of the young guys and when things weren't going their way, okay, well, we'll just bring on Kane. We'll bring on son and, you know, try to force the issue there. Nuno stuck to it. He was pretty much like, look, this is your responsibility. You guys are going to do this. It didn't work. I'm curious to see what he tries on, on Thursday. Cause you know, I, I know a lot of folks have been saying, Oh, you know, throw away Mickey mouse cup competition, who cares? And, you know, I, I, I kind of get where they're coming from, but at the same time, we've exposed how awful our depth is. You know, I, I've said it already. I'm going to keep saying it. These are the types of games where you really need to show, hey, you know, my name's Dane Scarlett. I can step up. I can be the next big striker out of the system. Or, you know, uh, three, four, five, six games down, you know, in these uh, quote-unquote lesser competitions, he's still not performing. That's like, all right, you know what? Maybe we need to curb our expectations a bit and, and um, you know, get them alone or, or something. But you need those games in the Spurs system um, to truly judge some of these, these you know, bench players, these guys who are, are squad rotation, um, and really see are they capable of performing at a lower level. Because let's be frank, it is a lower level competition. And if they can't do that, what hope do they have at breaking into the first team, right? Get them alone, get them a transfer, find a replacement. One game I don't think is enough to do that, which is why I really hope we get to the group stage. If we bomb out of the group stage and expose the uh, various players' weaknesses, great. I have the utmost confidence that Paratici will get in there, get those players out, and get fresh legs in there. You know, I think we already saw a, a, a bit of that with uh, with Sar. The the that looks like it's a potential transfer that might happen, yeah, and that yeah. came. I, I swear to God that I, that must have come after he watched that game and went, "Wow, we have nobody in midfield capable of stepping in if if Hoiberg or, or Skippy goes down. <laughs> we got to fix this fast." Yeah, the drop off is severe if if something happens to one of those guys. No. No question at all. Um, I, I, Mike. I will, yeah, I, I will say this about this game coming up on Thursday, um, this single leg, <laughs> the tournament. <clears throat> um, single leg, then, we just spotted him a, a goal is all, all it is, right? Yeah, sure, whatever you want to say about it. Um, so I will say this is that it, this lower tier tournament is that we're going to get made fun of. Spurs are going to get made fun of whether they win it or lose it. So, I mean, shit, go out there and get some gold or silver or whatever, whatever that trophy's made out of, you know, go out there and get that. Um, you still got to play some of the younger kids. I mean, you can't be playing your starting, your starting team every single Thursday or Wednesday, whenever the games are, you're going to, you're going to 
wipe everybody out like like what happened last year when everybody fizzled out directly after the christmas break um i i i don't know i i like the idea of playing a day in scarlet and uh, you know playing a heel and and i said heel i did you did um, impressive yeah yeah well done buddy um but you know um, and you gotta you gotta play a lot of the younger kids out there uh pat skowski um i'd like to see more of him he looks like he's gonna be a hell of a player um still a young kid you know um i i what i really want to see though out of the next game is galini not have to wear a hat i like the hat if it, it kind of smacks of uh, of Sunday league football, doesn't it? I, I don't know. I thought it was like, you know, kind of old school, like, uh, you know, maybe 90s, early 2000s hip hop, like. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, You're that's right. a lot of credit, Steve. That's impressive. <laughs> he said with that hair, he's more boy band than hip hop. I'm, I'm sorry. I thought I was just hitting you guys with the considering 90s and, and early thousands is old school but uh, right yeah yeah you were you you're <laughs> I, I had no comment i have no comment <laughs> steve's tattoo scream lincoln park fan that's all I'm <laughs> steve's more of a blink 182 guy i think definitely no question about that he's got me pegged <laughs> as opposed to mike who's a nickelback guy you know so oh, huge, nickelback really fan. huge nickelback fan all right let's move on to, to things more enjoyable let's talk about today um first we, I, I had a comment that, that crossed my mind, and I think we were sharing during our, our WhatsApp chat during the match. You know, like it felt a little Mourinho-esque in phases, right? Like it felt like we got a goal uh, on, a, on a fortunate, um, fortuitous situation, got a goal, and then we just defended for the rest of the match. But it also wasn't Mourinho-esque in some interesting ways. So I'm curious, either one of you want to pick that up and just kind of pick apart what this – defensive uh stance look like during the course of today i'll, I'll go because steve's gonna give uh the, the tactics review and it's gonna be like 45 minutes so <laughs> <laughs> i want to i want to get my words in now no um um look i had some i had some takeaways here from this game that you know uh, again I, I wasn't too thrilled with the game it wasn't very at times it was really frustrating to watch um i never felt though at any point, like I did with Mourinho, except for the for when Dyer, for some fucking reason, is in the midfield fucking around with the ball, um, leaving leaving Sanchez kind of on an island to cover two guys, and the ball gets you know taken from taken from Dyer and and pass over the top of Sanchez to Traore. Thank God. I mean, do, is this we're gonna have to call this? You know, Traore can't finish. We'll take it. Part two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the guy, the that guy. Um, I think Steve, you said it would be a hundred million dollar player if he could finish. It, it, it's it's just it's just uh, it's just amazing to me that you know I feel like the same way about Bergwine, except that I think Bergwine has, is better better with the ball at his feet. <clears throat> he's not as speedy, but he's, he's got that kind of, um, he's got a, he's got a little fun about him when you watch him, you know, and, and the way that, the way that he moves with the ball at his feet, um, particularly toward the end there, when he, uh, when he served that ball off to number 10 and, and, uh, you know, 10 didn't do what he normally does, but um, the way he fought, you know, I, I don't see Traore doing that. Traore just gets the ball and he, He's so quick on that first step and he's so powerful and fast that he gets by people, but he never finishes even with his crosses. He had a couple of crosses today that were just to nobody, you know, I mean, you've got a couple of guys further back in the box. You got to pass to, and he did a couple of times, but Spurs never let it get within, you know, two feet with inside, inside that box, three feet inside that box. So that's where the balls were coming from. And, and I think in, if, if you're looking at a Mourinho team like last year, what's happening is that those balls are, are coming in and people are panicking and we're either fouling in the box or people are caught out of position and someone gets a stupid header 
in the 86th minute or in the 44th minute, you know, and, and I, I, we defended really well. I, I really, really liked watching, watching uh, Sanchez and um, this is going to, I hope this is an opposite effect of, of last year. Um, he doesn't seem to be intimidated. He doesn't get down. He, uh, his head is up. He's playing very well. I think confidence is a huge issue with him and, and, and to have a coach out there that is, is a confidence builder like, like Nuno is versus a Jose Mourinho, who's going to beat you down and make you feel like a piece of shit. If you do one thing wrong. Yeah. You know, and just because you do something wrong, you know, I don't think Nuno is going to, going to take you out of the lineup. He's going to keep you in there if he's got confidence in you and is going to build confidence within himself. Another thing is that we don't talk about, they don't talk about skip enough. I don't know what it's like on the other side of the ocean. Um, with with sky and, and the broadcast systems over there but in america we don't talk about skip enough i think skip worked really hard he had a rough again a rough start to this game but settled into the game really well and he made some nice tackles um he made some nice passes the only thing that i can say is like there were some times where his passes were kind of lazy looking um but I think when you're when you're serving the ball into players like Lucas and and Sonny who are immediately looking to move with the ball, that if your passes are lazy, they're gonna get picked off. If they're too hard, they're gonna they're gonna bounce off off that player's foot. You know, that that touch isn't as gentle as it needs to be. Um, because they're they're already starting to move before the ball's getting to them. Um, but um Delhi Alley, man. And, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm taking part of Steve's 45 minutes here to uh, to let's talk about Deli Alley, man. Let's talk. This about guy's Deli. playing. This guy's playing otherworldly right now. Is considering he's in a position that he's not used to playing. Um, he is. He's always been kind of that box to box guy, but but he finds himself like flying in through the box where in previous years and scoring. You know, he's, he's not as much of a scoring threat, but he's holding himself back now. And it seems that he's finding ways to get into the box kind of later on. Um, like, like when, you know, when he found himself in the box early on, I, I feel like absolutely he should have taken that. He should have taken that penalty kick. He worked for it. And I think the guy that takes the foul in the box should be taking the penalty kick. That's, that's my, that's my thought. You work for that penalty you get to take the penalty kick, whether you're good at it or not. Um, and then the last thing I'm going to say is Harry Kane uh, is apparently uh, one of our own again. Um, I, I, I wasn't going to say the name, but he, uh, he went out there and he, he was, he was Harry Kane, you know, with the exception of the one shot that he kind of fluffed and you knew, you knew exactly what he wanted to do with it. But and you knew exactly what he was going to do with it, but their, their Wolves goalie was phenomenal, was phenomenal out there at, at, in the last 20 minutes. Spurs did, Spurs did get some opportunities, and and I and I just I, – I really liked what number 10 brought, brought to the team uh, in there today. Um, he didn't show a lot of, like, you know, what, what I asked for was to, you know, kiss the badge on the shirt, um, but maybe we'll see it. Maybe we'll see it. Uh, it. It tells me one of two things is that there's, there's no secret deal that's happening or that's already happened with Man City. Um, so I don't, I don't think he's getting sold. <clears throat> there's not enough time left to, to hammer out a deal. So there's no, I, they wouldn't have put him on the field today. They wouldn't have risked putting him on the field if there was a secret deal that's already happened. So that's my take on that. Good luck, number 10. We'll cheer for you again someday. Yeah, I'm a Mike. I'm not so sure. I think there still might be a chance he he departs this week, but we'll we'll see if he if he shows up. And by I mean shows up not just physically, but I mean mental mentally and um, and kisses the badge as you said. I'll, I'll support him 100. percent But uh, I'm still waiting. My, my jury is still out. Steve, I want to go to you uh, first. I'm going to ask you a question since Mike got into your tactical time talking about Delhi. I want to ask you a question, and then you can do your thing. 
Uh, I want to ask you about Traore. You know, um, I was commenting to you guys earlier that Traore is scary. I mean, I, I respect his speed. I respect his power. I respect the fact that whenever the guy touches the ball, it is unsettling. You know, as a, as a viewer, you just, you're just like, well, I hope nothing bad happens here. And thankfully, as a Spurs supporter, usually nothing bad does happen. That's, that's the nice thing, but there's always a risk. But here's, here's the question, Steve. I'm seeing Traore's name linked with Spurs a lot. I'm seeing a lot of, you know, Nuno really wants him. We want to pay $40 million for him, you know, all those types of things. It, 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 would that be a good move? Would, would that be um, the right attacking player to bring into, into Spurs club? What do you think? Uh, no. Um, first off, I'm going <laughs> to... You're not going to think about that for a minute? Just no. Look, well, look, and, and just to be clear, it wasn't my comment. It was our, our good friend, Chris, who made that comment that if he could finish, he'd be a $100 million player for sure. Um, but he, he can't. He can't. And, you know, we already have plenty of wingers who can charge people down at pace and do nothing with it. We don't need another one. That's very true. I'm perfectly content. Lucas might not be as big as him. He might not have that sort of freight train, you know, you know, linebacker charging it down kind of physique. But, you know, Lucas is, is a pleasant guy. I, I like having him around. Um you know, I, I just don't see a world where we would just keep stocking up on these these wingers that can't do anything. We've got enough. No more. Like, let's just we have to take a step back and work on the ones that we got. Um, that said, you know, 20 million. Sure. Yeah, that'd be great. But I, I don't think he's worth 40. Um, he might be worth that to Wolves. Not worth it to Spurs, in my opinion. Um, what if he's got, what if he's got, you know, a better, geez, I, I, I struggle to say this, but what if he's got like a better center forward, you know, that would be interesting or attacking midfielders, you know? Yeah. The, the, I think the issue, it's it's hard to say because, you know, because of the players that Wolves have there, you know? Yeah. I think that, I think Traore is, is one of those guys who's, best suited taking people on one V one it's when you've got two or three guys that can kind of gang up on you where he just, he's out of options, right? He might skip past the first guy, but that second one's getting to the ball, you know, cause he kind of, he has to rely on that pace and it's easy to get through one, but when you've got somebody who's kind of, you know, a couple steps back waiting to play cleanup, much harder to get through that. And as a center forward, you typically have two, maybe three center backs or, you know, two center backs and, and a defensive mid who are going to try to occupy you. And so I don't know that he would have as much success there. He's much better on the wings. If he could get those crosses under control, if he could cut in and, and finish kind of like, uh, you know, old school Robin for, uh, for uh, Bayern, geez, that, I swear that must've been yesterday, but he's been out of it for, couple years now um but if he if he could get some kind of end product together he would be a spectacular player he just doesn't have that right now and i don't know what it is like is it a mental thing is it just like you know is he really just a one-trick pony type player it's just he's a frustrating one because you're absolutely spot on. He's, he's frightening to watch when he's charging you down because you know, your players are getting beat, but you're, he owned owned Tanganga today. He 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 did own him. Yeah. 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 But at the same time, you're almost, it's not so much that he's getting, he's blowing past them. It's more that is somebody else available to get on the end of whatever he delivers like I'm more afraid of of like a Raul Jimenez just being there, ready to poach off of whatever he throws into the box, right? Jimenez, yeah, Jimenez couldn't get in there today. You know, he he was he was he was making shots from outside the outside the box all day. And you know, I, that to me is is again, I got to give credit primarily to and and yeah, I mean anybody who's listened to us for the you know, one season, half season that we've done this, we'll know that I'm not a big Sanchez fan, but I got to give huge credit to that guy. He was immense today. I mean, him and, and Dyer, but, you know, Dyer had that goofy, you know, let me just expose your to a 1v1 
Um, but Sanchez in particular, I thought he was solid. He was winning duels. He was getting there. He was, he was putting a lot of effort in and, and between the two of them, uh, Sanchez and Dyer, even though Tanganga was getting, you know, bossed off and, and Triari was blowing past him on the side, I never really felt like anything was going to come of it because they were just, they had their positions, right? They knew what their lines were. They knew where their markers were. Nobody looked lost except for that one moment from Dyer. Um, and, uh, you know, that seems to be emblematic of what Nuno has brought to the team so far. There's the, there's a cohesion defensively that just, hadn't been there you know and and i don't mean simply that everybody's in the right place at the right time everybody's willing to work for it too there's that team aspect you know how many times did you see uh you know skip or, or delhi in particular just throw themselves at the ball just so that nothing got into the box i there were a number of, of you know these kind of last dish challenges to block shots coming in and and i I swear Delhi must have been responsible for at least two or three of them. That guy was like giving it his all. Um, but that's not something like you under, I feel like under Mourinho, you would have had that kind of defensive shape, but nobody would really be clear about what they were supposed to be doing. And here everybody's clear. Stop that ball. <laughs> that's the objective. They pulled it off and I you feel know, like they were, they were lucky on a number of occasions. I mean, a number of occasions. Yeah, luck might have played a part of it. But I mean, Lurie's Lurie's didn't have Lurie's didn't have anything to do for most of the day. Like most of the shots they were putting in were over the post, um, over the crossbar. I mean, and you know, left and right of the post. Uh, uh, he had what three shots that he had to stop, and two of them were kind of weak. Right at him. Yeah, weak right at him. But I I, I do think that that's a great deal because we just weren't giving them anything closer. They, if they wanted an effort, they had to take it from distance. And, and part of the problem that Wolves ran into is we got that penalty goal so early in the game that if they wanted something of it, they kind of had to force the issue a bit. They couldn't be patient, especially as the game got closer to the 90 minute mark. You can't just sit back and be patient and wait for an opening at some point, you got to take those shots. You got to hope, you know, there's a, a, a rogue deflection or, you know, you really hit it sweet and, and there's absolutely nothing the keeper can do. It didn't happen for them. But I think a great deal of that is because Spurs defended well for 90 minutes. They didn't tire. They did everything that they needed to do, save for that one dire brain fart. Um, and you know, that's, I got to give credit to Nuno for that. He he's worked some magic in his short time so far. I'm curious to see if that's something that continues all season, or are we going to see people kind of revert to that? uh, You know, just kind of, I don't know what I'm doing anymore type of, you know, brain dead mentality defending, you know, we saw that in the second half of the season, a lot from Sanchez and Dyer. And even though I'm praising them now, you know, I'm, I'm a fickle guy. If, if the second they start underperforming, I'll start chewing them out again. But for now, you know, I think great job on defense. Um, and, you know, uh, another shout out to our boy Skip. That, he's been quite a sight for sore eyes in that midfield. Um, and you know what? I, it's also opened up uh, Hoiberg to do some interesting things. Did you guys see that run towards the end of the game where he got his chance in the box? That guy was like, uh, what's what's the uh, game at the fair? Uh, like whack-a-mole. Whack-a-mole, yeah. Yeah, like he disappears He disappears in the midfield and then pops up and <laughs> pops up, you know, in a forward position. And it was, uh, it was pretty weird to see, like, you know, it was kind of like uh, I, at one point, Skippy was like, I, I got this over here. You do your thing. And, you know, that's a little bit of what we saw, like, in the, in the Euros, right? Uh, the way he was playing in the Euros. I, I really like that that style of play. But, you know, at, at the same time, um, it, it's going to be different with every single team you play because they all have their different tactics. This is, uh, like, Wolves, they, just, they, they defended well because they pressed well, right? So they, they Spurs, what, had, like, four shots, five shots um because 
Wolves defended well, and they defended well all the way through the game it, to the point they burned themselves out around the 65 minute mark, probably. But I mean, that's that's why, like last year when we when we had fired Jose, I had said Bruno Lage was the guy that I wanted. You know, that was one of my guys. If you just to watch the way he plays, he does. He defends. He he knows how to have his have his team back up and park the bus and hit you on a counter, but he also knows how to press. And, and it's kind of, it was really exciting to watch if you're a Wolves fan. It really is. And they're going to win some games this year. It's just that, that team, I mean, it probably should have been 2-1 Wolves today. But, you know, Spurs got lucky in some, in some spots. And that team in that stadium, that's tough. There were a lot of Tottenham fans there, though. Did either of you see how the possession broke down for the match? I, you know, watching it, I felt like uh, it was 59, 59% or something. Was it? Okay. It felt like less than that on the Spurs side. You know, it, it felt like 20, 25% um, overall, but 59, four wolves, I'm assuming you're saying, right, Mike? Yeah. 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 Very interesting stuff. Uh, I do want to throw out a couple things and, and these are, these are a little bit even out of, out of the order of what we've been talking about, but um Steve praising Sanchez for the second week in a row, although he's hedging his bets. I'm hearing that, but I do just want to get it out there that um, I, I asked the question earlier this week, I heard Barty on um, extra inch use the term to describe a future um, Sanchez and Romero pairing as Romanchez. But um, <laughs> I, th- I think that That's Steve true. and I think that the better name and maybe uh, wicked Spurs, is going to claim this would be Sanchero. So uh, if, and when, Sanchez and Romero are a devastating center back pairing. Um, Sanchero is our name. We're going to run with that. And, and it sounds, it sounds way tougher. It sounds more like cowboy, like a you cowboy name. You don't mess with Sanchero. Absolutely. Right. Like you, you leave either, leave, either leave that, that or it's a delicious dip uh, that goes with some, with some chips. Yeah. I was thinking Tex-Mex really. Either like. way. I'm happy. Right. Either way, either way. I'm happy. How about this question for both of you? And I think we've seen it for two weeks now, the refereeing in, in the, um, in the Premier League has taken a different approach this season. Anybody have a reaction to what you're seeing in terms of the, the calls that the refs are making or not making? Uh, I think we saw a couple weak yellows today, but we saw some some f- clear fouls last year that were just kind of, you know, shaken off today. Um, anybody have any thoughts on state of refereeing? Look, I'll keep it short because I'm sure Mike's got something to say about this in particular, but we're, we're not seeing as many of those weak fouls given, which I like, but you can't fix something that's broken. And these refs are still terrible. They're inconsistent. They, they card people for the dumbest shit. It just, it, it's, it gets my blood boiling really when you're watching that game and you're like, really, that's what you're going to card. You know, this guy has been doing, um, you know, he's been, he's been making these tactical fouls, you know, five, six, seven, eight times over the last 15 minutes, he gets nothing. This guy trips and falls and suddenly up oh, yellow card. Like they're, they're just bad. I'm glad they're letting more go. Cause some of those weak little fouls are, are just, you know, it was frustrating to have the game broken up that much, but at the same time, like, can you, be consistent a little bit like and I don't know if it was just exacerbated from the fact that you know the the announcers that we had on NBCSN were just so biased like so blatantly biased that it just made it that much worse um but it just it honestly it felt like it felt like Spurs were penalized more than wolves were for the same sort of tactical fouls um and if if both sides were getting the same yellows sure but to give yellows to 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 spurs and then not give them to uh, some of the wolves players who i felt deserved them um eh, you're pretty bad at your job and i think i can say that right like i I'm not going to be one of those guys like, uh, you know, Mourinho used to get in trouble for criticizing the refs all the time. I'm pretty sure we're safe. This is a safe space to trash talk refs. Oh, we do, we need a safe space, don't we? I mean, you're a millennial, so, I mean, that's, that's the way you <laughs> operate. Um, <laughs> um, so I, I, I love, I love that Steve's such a fucking homer. Um, 
you know, it's it's fine. It's all well and good. Like you're right, the refs suck. It, I don't think that, I, that game they didn't really call it one way or another too hard or too or or too light. I I think that honestly, like, so I guess I'm saying I disagree with you, Steve. Um, well, that's not allowed. <laughs> um, so I, I think that honestly, like, if if you were looking at the yellow cards today, given um, the spur, this did uh, did Wolves have any one? I think they had one. One, right? Yeah, um, uh, the guy, the guy that uh, got injured a couple times. That oh Jesus Christ, that guy. What's his name? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, yeah, name we gotta stop me. the whining and crying. Like, he, yeah. okay, he took a knock to the knee. Lucas took took a similar knock to the knee earlier and just got up and, and played. Yeah, you know, and when when he probably should have come off because he was still limping at the end of the game. But uh, the the physicality, the the yellow cards that were given, Hoybergs probably shouldn't have been given. But I I don't think I didn't look at the the numbers for the fouls, um, the fouls given. But I don't I don't know that it was one way or another. Uh, Actually, I'm looking at it right now. Wolves had nine fouls, one yellow card. Spurs had seven fouls, four yellow cards. Really? Oh, wow. Well, and yeah, it was actually I mean, Raul Jimenez who got the yellow for Wolves. Oh, oh was it? It was Jimenez. Oh, yeah, yeah, I thought Saiz should have had one. Um, then Donker should have had one at the end of the game, too. And how yeah. about Kane with his uh, his delay yellow at the end yeah, as well? Yeah, that I mean, I get it, but I thought it was still kind of like, I didn't think he was holding the ball for that long. Oh, he was. He was. Like, Reggie, Reggie had the ball. He gave it, he gave it to number 10, number 10, gave it back to him. I mean, it was, it was like, all right, I get it. Well, I get what you're doing. I thought that was, a, I thought, I thought it was pretty, it was pretty funny at the time. It was pretty cool that, that, it, that they did that. Um, just to get that. It's kind of like, uh, it, it, here I go again, bringing it, you know, to football back to American football, but in the NFL where you take the penalty, you take the delay a game penalty, you know? at the end of the game, just to run that one extra second off the clock. That's what you got to do. So you take a yellow for it, whatever. Um, so the physicality, the physicality that's happening this year, I love it. And this is why I love the English Premier League. This is why I like watching Bundesliga. It's because they let them play. It's not a lot of this fancy tippy tap kind of crap that happens in, in La Liga and, and in, um and syria you know i don't need your i don't need your fancy footwork i like fancy footwork every once in a while but give me some physical play you know and that's probably why i got into the premier league is because they let them play and the the problem with premier league you know changing their policy on on the refing as far as fouls go is that is that they're told this is this is what you need this is how you need to call it you know let some of these softer fouls go but at the same time they don't they don't know you know individually there's still people so how do you judge what's a softer foul what's not a softer foul you know what's a card now because you've told us this is this is your benchmark for for fouls you know take it and take it upon yourself to, to call it soft, to call it hard. It's, it's, it's really, the refs are going to be in a tough spot here. I, I, I just think they are. And it's going to take some time for everybody to get used to. I think, you know, all the referees to get used to the fans to watching it, but I thought it was what's, a, what's the, the physicality that's happening in this league right now is delicious. I love it. Mike, I, I just, this image is popping in my mind. I'm like trying to make sense of like how Mike's describing what he appreciates in football styles. And it's clear that like the, the romance language leagues, you are not a fan of, you know? So like ballet football is not your thing. You're more like the Kool-Aid man style. Like you just, you know, envision wow through, wow through the middle, break through that wall. That's oh, right. Yeah. Busting, busting through the brick wall. Oh yeah. That's, yeah, that's exactly. like, yeah. no, I, I love, I, I love the fact that, you know what? Uh, Traore is a, a you know 240 pound linebacker coming at you with he's speed. a tailback is what he is that yeah with exactly speed, you know yeah he's he's Marshawn Lynch right so he's he's coming at you with speed with the ball 
and the fact that Tanganga's like outweighed by 30 pounds doesn't care gets in there muscles with him you're gonna lose 90 percent of the time against that because because Treyari's muscle is it will out outwork your muscle but i mean that's why he's such a scary dude is because he's so big and he's so fast like that um and he can get physical too so i that's what i love in 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 the premier league is the fact that the rest allow them to play you know allow them to hook up allow allow them to use their hands to to kind of fend off a defender or <clears throat> use their hands to um in in defense to to try and you know fend off fend off an, an offense an offensive attack you know i don't think there's a lot of diving in the english premier league there is not as much as in Syria. I, I, I tried to watch some games. I tried to watch that Roma game today and holy crap. There are some actors on those fields. But I mean, that's another story for another time because that's the former guy. So that is the former guy. Uh, I, I thought Sanchez bodied up on Treore a few times today as well. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and kind of held Spurs, him up pretty well. I don't think Spurs have a problem with that. And Pep Guardiola made a made a comment about it last week and he said every time you play spurs he said especially this season with with nuno coaching him coaching them you're going to face a physical team and because they're big because they're strong because they're fast you know that's a physical team and and you're going to get beat up and you have to learn how to deal with that love it absolutely love it I'll tell you what, I was thinking today about Serge Aurier, and I'm curious what you guys think about him. I, I always found myself when it came to Aurier, I, I, I always felt that he, he was fantastic in small spurts, right? Like if he, if he hadn't played in a while, he would come on and have moments of brilliance, but you always knew the longer Serge was on the, on the pitch, the more the likelihood was that there was going to be a, a foul committed in a bad spot or, or something to that effect. So we know that Serge has, openly said he doesn't plan to come back after the end of his contract. I haven't even seen pictures of him in training this year. Maybe he has been in training, but he certainly hasn't been in the match day squads. And what I was wondering is, are they going to pull a Danny Rose scenario with him? Are they just shelving surge because they know he wants to leave, but they haven't found any suitors. Do you guys have opinions on what, what's the, what the end game with surge is and how we get to that end game? I, I think that that's the exact scenario. Um. <clears throat> They're gonna let him. They're gonna let him sit around, and sit around and sit around and get dusty on the shelf until somebody comes around Christmas time and says, "Hey, we, you know, we need somebody to shore up our our right side." You know, um, I personally like Serge Aurier. I think he's probably pretty good in the locker room. Uh, you know, on 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 one hand, I mean, he's a He's a pretty good defender. He finds himself in bad spots. He, he can, I, I, I really think that he's probably of our defensive options. He's probably one of the best crossers in, in the entire, on the entire team. Mm-hmm. True. He can cross the ball. Um, you know, that said, dude, keep your fucking shirt on. Nobody cares about your muscles. You know, I, I could take him or leave him. And he's he's got to learn how to shave his goatee properly so that it goes down and not out. Outside of that, no, I like Serge. I I, I just don't I, I don't think he's he's not going to be on this. He's not going to be on this team ever again. Yeah, what do you think, Steve? Uh, I'm inclined to agree, which is kind of a shame, right? Because Darby is our other option, and he's just so much worse than Aurier. I mean, I. It sucks, but I would, I, I really wish if, if nobody's going to come in and pay us for Aurier this season, which it feels like every day we get closer to the end of the window, that's more and more likely. I would honestly rather just register Aurier and make sure Darty doesn't play anymore than have to risk another performance like we saw on, on Thursday from him. Um, you know, because because for me, Aurier at his best is better than Darty at his best, hands down. Aurier at his worst 
is so much better than Doherty at his worst. Like, it's not even like this. It, it's almost like they're not playing the same sport at that point. Um, but I think, you know, we, we had uh, Tamiyasu that was supposed to be like, you know, when we get rid of Aurier, that's going to be the guy who comes in and stakes his claim for, for number one. I think Tanganga probably threw a wrench in that. And now it almost feels like it's going to be a Tanganga with a, a, a Doherty, um, you know, understudy kind of role to him uh, for this season, which kind of scares me. You know, Tanganga doesn't have a great fitness record and Doherty sucks. I, you know, I, if Aurier goes, which I kind of hope he does, because otherwise it's a free transfer and we get nothing. Um, we're left with, with just garbage. If he stays, I hope he takes the understudy, but he, again, he doesn't seem like he's somebody who would want that. He's got, he wants to be out there and, and, you know, doing his thing is, is the competition with Tang Gang going to push him to that type of, you know, like peak Aurier level that, that we've seen, you know, in the past, or is he going to just, you know, it's my last year. I got nothing to prove. I'm just going to ride it out. Uh, in which case he gets banished. Like we saw with Rose, there's, there's a lot going on there and, and, you know, fingers crossed that he gets his move away and we can bring in somebody else. Cause again, Tanganga and Darty scares me for the, simply because Darty is a, in the equation there um but yeah we'll see still got like another what week to go i think it's one week left yeah yeah we'll see what happens you got it hey let's speaking of that let's look ahead at this next week so as we've said there's the uh the second or what mike would say is the only leg of this uh of the conference league match. and i do want to i need to give some props and some thanks right now so we have a we have a friend of the podcast, a gentleman named Lewis Britton, and I hope that I'm doing appropriate pronunciation on Lewis. Uh, he's on Twitter at Lewis, and that's with a W L E W I S underscore B R I T T A I N. He helped out this week with uh, correcting my botched pronunciation of the Portuguese team that we played. You know, like a typical American, I said, "Ah, Pacos de Ferreira." You know, just what it looks like. Uh, my understanding. Thank you to Lewis. Pasus de Ferreira. And uh, I'm not going to say that again because that's probably as close as I'm going to get to. It. So, 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 so thanks to Lewis, and uh, we got we got a midweek match with that Portuguese team. Um, any thoughts on that as as we look ahead? What do you think Nuno does with that lineup? Does he stay with the young kids with a little more firepower? Does he does he bring out the first first squad and just get ourselves moved on? Mike, where do you see it going? I, th- I think that I think you're going to see um, a pretty close to the first squad type of look um i wouldn't be surprised if you see number number 10 out there um just to get some fitness um i still think you're gonna see heel out there um you're gonna see winksy out there um you may even see can't see the face steve just made but yeah keep going mike keep going yeah (laughs) you may even you know you may even see uh maybe a reggae out there for i mean you're gonna see some first teamers out there you know you're probably not gonna see hoiberg um you might see a skippy out there for a little bit but i i think at the very least there's gonna be first time first teamers on the bench um there's gonna be some first teamers mixed in there um get a quick early lead put it to bed and then bring the kids on if they have to i still think galini is gonna play uh, and the goal, there's no reason to put Hugo out there, you know, as his advanced age, <laughs> he's still younger than me. Um, but you know, I, it, it'll be fun to watch. It's going to be a much different environment, uh, at White Hart Lane than, you know, at, but Pasus, Pasus de Fea. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. That was your, <laughs> I, I think you're still botching it, but it's, it's funny. It's it's such a Chicago pronunciation. Doing my best, bro. Come on, man. <laughs> I'd like to hear you try it. Oh no, no, no. I I I also mentioned that to to Lewis too. Is that I uh, I have uh, an issue pronouncing my own last name sometimes. Is it <laughs> is it Popovich or is it Popovich? I mean, who knows? The ladies and the ladies at work that work in the kitchen cut tell me it's Popovich, but who knows? <laughs> it's always good when people tell you how to pronounce your name, right? Well, you know, I, they said it's Latvian. It's not. It's Czech. 
but we're, we'll we'll get there with them. Yeah, I will, lovely ladies I will say, and they serve me breakfast. On the subject of, of pronunciation, I did have a guy at the uh, at the Best Buy in Williston a couple years back. Now we were getting my wife uh, a new laptop, right? And uh, I was just putting it on my my credit card, um, like the American thing to do, right? Just add on to that debt, whatever. Um, but you know, he saw my name, Jablonski, right? And he goes, no, 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 no. It's Yaboinski. <laughs> and I went, I'm pretty sure I know how to say my own name. Like, look, I, I get it. You're Polish. Maybe that's how it's supposed to be said. But, you know, I'm not Polish. I have Polish ancestry. But there's no way in hell I'm going to sit here trying to convince people in America to, they have a hard enough time with Jablonski, all right? I'm not going to say, oh, no, 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 forget the J, pretend it's a Y, and the N there at the end, no, 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 just give it that oi, like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not playing that game, um, but yeah. No, you're he was definitely North Macedonian. Yet. We know that. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, I'll give you, you know, a special deal. Call back. Have this thing that we <laughs> give everybody anyway. Like, oh, great. You know, I, I've, I've worked with salespeople before. You're not fooling Wait, he, me. He was acting like he was giving you the Polish discount. Is that what he was? He was exactly. Saying yeah. It's like <laughs> the kicker at, at the time. I I worked at that store before. I knew who he was. Like we'd worked together, dude. Like what? <laughs> All right. Let's let, let's keep looking ahead. How about uh, next weekend? Uh, next Sunday, we got Watford at home. Uh, Watford, Moose's. obviously. We. I'm sorry. <laughs> The Watford Mooses. Watford Mooses or Hornets or whatever that whatever they are. I don't both, even know right? what they are. They, yeah. they, don't they have a moose on their emblem on their? Patch? They do, but but their nickname is the Hornets for Which for some. Weird. I mean, I get it with the the red and I'm sorry the the yellow and the black, right? But yeah, who knows? Too, yeah. Um, maybe we need to find a, a Watford supporter and have have them uh, join us sometime and give us that history but steve what's your take on uh, that match our next premier league match which we're looking to get three more points out of what do you think you know that's one that's always kind of concerning to me simply because on paper it should be a win and i can't tell you the number of times i've said that right on paper it should be a win and then we walk away with a loss and we're all pissed off on our next pod trying to figure out what went wrong you know that said i still think that we should be able to take care of business there. Um, you know, they, they haven't started, you know, they, they beat Aston Villa in, in, in match week one, but they let a three goal lead slip and that got nervy for them. They lost to Brighton um, just yesterday, like two nothing or something like that. I think that Spurs at home, given how that stadium performed you know the fans and everything getting behind the team for man city they're going to elevate this spurs team to a a level that i don't think watford will be able to match and huge grain of salt because we all know that spurs have a tendency to kind of play down to their opponents and and you know if this, this is a team that's coming up from the championship they'll probably play as if they were in the championship and i'll look like an ass when we lose on Sunday. Um, but I, I, I just can't see it happening. I think Spurs have the, have the sort of cohesion that is going to frustrate Watford. And if we can figure out how to finish consistently, it's going to be a, a rough day for them. Um, I think the only holdups that they have are Bergwijn hasn't found his, his shooting boots yet. He's done everything right, but finish um son again he's you know one of those guys we've seen a couple of times now right he either plays a brilliant ball or he just completely botches the opportunity Kane coming back could be an x factor um I will say because I don't think I mentioned it before it was classy of him to go over to the Spurs fans um in the away end at the end of the game and kind of thank them for the support he must have fired his brother or something and got a, a better PR firm to, to help manage his, his uh, you know, persona. Um, but, you know, I, I think this is one that Spurs should win. Um, regardless of what happens midweek, uh, I, I think this is going to be three for three for Nuno. 
Mike, anything uh, else to add to that? I don't disagree. Uh, they've got they get one player that concerns me. Uh, it's not the SAR that we uh, are concerned with transferring. Other SAR. It's the other SAR. Um, he's a hell of a forward player. Yeah, he is. Um, he finds himself in good spots. He make he's phenomenal on the pass. But like outside of that, I don't. Their their defense is weak. Um, like, like you said, they lost to Brighton who is somehow in third place right now. Um, I, but I, they do have Danny Rose now. <laughs> they do. That's they right. do. They do. Uh, so intrigue, intrigue in this game. Um, you know, we always say this should be, this should be a walk in the park. This should be a, a laugher, but I, I, I don't know that it's going to be. I think it's going to be tough for Spurs, um, particularly not knowing what Sonny's going through with his hamstring. Um, you could see it was his hamstring because he had the kinesio tape on the back of the leg, you know, um, you, you don't know what fitness everybody's going to be at coming out of Thursday. So, you know, Thursday's a game. If, if they really care about that, that third tier tournament that you're going to see some first teamers. So maybe we, maybe we start Romero and, and heal on, you know, on Sunday versus on Thursday, who knows what, who knows how, what Nuno's thinking, but in the end, it, it should be a walk in a park, but I don't know that it's going to be it. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and say, yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be an easy one for us. I, I don't think they defend the well. I don't think that Watford defends well. I don't think they're that fast. They have a couple of guys that are, that are really good. Um, but I don't, I, I really don't know how to, how to deal with Watford. We, I know we haven't seen him for a season. So, <laughs> you know, I think I'd like to see, let, let's imagine, and we don't want to see this, but let's imagine that Sonny has to rest last week or next weekend, because maybe it is a hamstring or something needs some time. I think it's a perfect opportunity coming up for guys like Stevie Bergwine, uh, for guys like Delhi, even, even for the Lucases of the world to just, just take over uh, from the attacking roles. I think there's, there's a good opportunity against what should be less challenging opposition for, for maybe Stevie in particular to find, find that finishing touch would be a, that would be a huge, huge bonus for us moving forward, but we'll see. That's the exciting thing about it is we get to watch and then we get to talk about it, which, which is always enjoyable. So let's, uh, let's look at wrapping things up, fellas. Uh, Steve first, any closing comments from you before we go? Uh, you know, I'm just going to continue on with uh, our sentiment last week. You know, guys, we, we're seeing spikes in, in COVID. Like, get those masks back on. Get your vaccines if you haven't already. Uh, I think I was reading that the FDA is actually close to full-on approving um, the, uh, the first vaccines. So if you were skeptical because it was an emergency thing, approval's on its way. Go and get it then. I don't want to hear a new excuse. It's so important for us as a community that everybody goes out and does their part to keep each other safe. Well, couldn't have said it better, Steve. Thanks for that. Mike, how about you? Um, Steve gave our public service announcement. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and, uh, and I'll, and I'll give her a little bump to our, to our friends at good water here. Um, they got a brand new uh, session IPA, new day IPA. Um, their food is still phenomenal. Um, they have specials every week. Get down there, drink some beers. You know, say hi to Aaron. Aaron uh, hooked me up with a with a beer today that uh, it was not a good water beer, but he hooked me up with a Pizza Boy out of Pennsylvania. Uh, fantastic, fantastic double IPA. Um, a friend, a friend of mine uh, suggested I get back onto the onto the uh, Untapped app. So uh, I did that and now I'm back full on into my beers. But, um, you know, as Steve said, put your masks on. Um, don't be stupid. I, I, I spent a good two hours at Home Depot today. It sucks. Yeah, I get it. Put a cloth mask on if you have it. Put a medical mask on if you have it. But just get a mask on. You know, I understand we're sick of them. But get your masks on. Okay. Um, other than that, quiz, 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 quiz.
that's where we ended. Thanks, everyone. Quiz, 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 quiz. Come on, you Spurs. Appreciate you guys. Talk to you soon. As Mike said, be safe.